Uh, welcome everybody to a very special edition of another James Bond podcast where we will be talking to Mr. David Zariski of The Bond Experience about, I think, our mutual favorite uh, in the Connery era, Thunderball. This episode is brought to you by Connery's spectacularly hairy chest and short shorts. Also, I do have a running list of what color shorts he wore, so get ready for it. Oh, wow. Wow, right up my alley. That's perfect. (laughs) Do you have Connery short shorts? I have uh, them all. I have... uh, (laughs) And and the ones yet to come. There is a, there's actually a launch coming on March 18th that have a whole nother Connery leg and hair line. Oh, well, that sounds perfect for today's episode. Today's synopsis is brought to you by Wikipedia. We open up on James Bond attending the funeral of Colonel Jacques Duval, a Spectre operative connected with the murders of two MI6 agents. However, Bouval is alive and disguised as his own widow. Bond identifies him and pursues him to his chateau. Bond fights and kills him, escaping with the use of a jetpack and his Aston Martin DB5. I, lo- I love how you, you said jetpack, like it's a question. It was a little bit of a question. When I saw him put his helmet on um, before he put the jetpack on, I thought he was going to like super Dave out of a cannon or something like that. Yeah. Jetpack makes sense. Weren't you a little pressed that back in the mid-60s, they still had a conscience that they wanted kids to know about safety, even when they use their jetpacks, not just their bikes, they should wear a helmet. That's very true. And I think that was actually kind of avant-garde of them. That's That's true. true. Use a helmet, but screw condoms. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, he was in full hairpiece mode at this point. so You could tell, too, this time. I mean, the helmet might really mess up the hairpiece. I'm surprised they went with it. I think they needed to make him look, well, first of all, they needed a hair, and this is true, they needed a hairpiece that would survive water, right? A lot of underwater scenes and blowing around, so there's a glue issue. But this was also the very first movie that he was in the the opening. Yeah, exactly. First gun barrel, yeah. 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 Was it the first one in color, too? Was it usually black and white? Because there was red on this one. You got us. Well, be I more of that, maybe too. I just noticed the red this one time. Maybe it was there all along. I don't know. Really By the way, what are we drinking tonight? I saw you emptying out a bottle. Uh, uh, that was a beer, <laughs> and we are drinking martinis. Yes, we both have martinis. Cheers. Cheers. Okay. I'm doing the martini. It just seems fitting since it's a Connery movie. Basically, Vaughn jetpacks off of the building and meets his French ally at the Aston Martin. Who offered potentially extra services uh, while they're at the funeral? She's when? like, is there anything the French section can do for you? And he's like, uh, later. So. I think she meant professional. I, he, he de- I don't know. I, I, uh, you know and by the way, we're not he going to gang up on you, but I'm, I'm, he, he gives her the elevator eyes. Not now. Sorry. He but then he does that. And, and then again, he's also maybe later. By the way, any um, I did want to talk to you because I made some notes. There truly was a beautiful woman under that disguise. They were using a real <laughs> leggy blonde before it was. We actually went back because when it comes later and you find out that it's actually a man that's in disguise, we actually went back and we're like, was it a man all along? And when you go back and see the widow, you're like, no, that was a woman. There's no way that was a man under there. Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Like right till the very end. So he was taking a pretty big chance. I mean, the fact that... This woman may have just opened the door nonchalantly because, I don't know, maybe her husband died and she wasn't thinking. And <laughs> right? then to deck her in the face. Oh, my God. That was so shocking. 
because I didn't know. I, I watched the movie, but I completely forgot what had happened. So when he turns around and just decks her, I was you like, what post? is he doing? I just thought of uh, Archer and Austin Powers. Uh, it happens in Archer, I think, in the first season. Um, and then, of course, Austin Powers, uh, Basil's mom, at Miss Exposition, he tries to pull her wig off, and he oh, just keeps pulling and pulling and pulling and pulling, and it's it's hilarious. It's a man, baby. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and even the baby at the end, you're like, what? It's just ridiculous. It's um, I really like the fight scene. I think it's really great. Uh, after he punches the lady dude in the face, there's a certain Connery has a theme in this film where he's always has this sort of cocky last minute sort of addition to every scene that he does. And after the whole fight's done and, and, and everything, he's just being cocky on his way at the door. He reaches, grabs the roses, throws them on. And that's the first of like three we see in the film, three that I counted. There might be more. He's just so sure of himself. And he's like, I get a second to fuck around. And he just throws the roses. At, at, I, at I love that. I think they actually there's a term, there's a movie term, it's called projection when you have this little moment. Steve McQueen was the master of it. He, even in the Magnificent Seven, he would lean off his horse, take his hat and scoop up a bunch of water and put it over his head. And the director's like, what the hell are you doing? And he's like, I'm trying to liven up the scene. So this whole idea of flowers or picking a grape or things like that, these little moments make it a little bit more real. And he's just so sure of himself. He's like, ah, I got a second. He is probably at his most cocky in this film. Well, what did you think of uh, Tom Jones and Thunderball? What do you guys think of his uh, of his theme tune? You're asking the wrong person, because to me, that is the quintessential song. I mean, yeah. that is the song, that is the Bond song, I think, that all the other Bond songs are measured against. And there's a couple of reasons. First of all, it sounds good. It sounds powerful. It's got energy. There's there's a lot of controversy of, who are they talking about? Are they talking about Largo? Largo. Are they talking about Bond? I think they're talking about Bond. I mean, quite frankly. And so this description of Bond and, you know what? Others walk, but he runs. Yeah. Others talk, but he acts. He fights. You know, all these different things. To me, it's such an amazing description. It's kind of nonsensical. I mean, what does it all mean? Thunderball. And he strikes. Oh, yeah. Like There's no basis ball. in reality for it at all. It sounds almost painful. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Did you notice if you listen really, really closely, you can hear Tom Jones fainting at the end? What? No, he slips on the underwear that was thrown <laughs> on stage. <laughs> yeah, it's a live <laughs> recording. They used to uh, do. They used to throw underwear at him. Yeah, yeah, I heard. I don't know if it's true, but I actually read that when he recorded the song, at that last note, he held it so long that he passed out. Oh, wow. I don't know if that's true or not. That makes for great PR. But I have to ask you, I mean, besides what you thought of the song, what did you think of the visuals as well? Well, the visuals were great, but I just kept thinking before we started doing this, we had started watching the films and then we're like, oh, we should do a podcast about this. So we had already kind of worked. I've seen them all a few times and then. But yeah, it's uh, so where we've already seen it. I just know that when he encounters Domino, he's like, oh, you swim like a man. Uh, you don't paddle around like a girl. So the whole time I'm watching this visual of these ladies swimming, I'm like, are they swimming like men? <laughs> or are they just paddling around? It's the, uh, that's what I'm thinking of the whole time I'm watching it. So I'm mm. just like, oh, they look like legit swimmers. What's the problem? The only thing I could think of when I saw this visual again, and mind you, I've seen it probably 180 times, was there's this one point where they fire the spear gun and the woman had just swam maybe inches ahead of him before he fired the spear gun. And I'm like, that is the most probing 
exasperating thing that's ever happened in a Bond film. I mean, what happened to that poor woman? <laughs> <laughs> I, I do remember, I do remember like some some dodgy harpooning, but I didn't really, I was just like, man, that looks awfully close and, and legit. I didn't actually notice how. It was legit. And those women were legitimately naked. Yeah. I mean, well, they were. They were always, it seems like in every opening scene, it doesn't look like anybody has clothes on. That's true. Because um, I think it was Morris Binder uh, did these, um, and he did quite a few of them. And that was his one kind of um, benefit, if you will, that the women were always naked. And some and more than others, like when you look at these things, you can make out certain uh, wedding nuptials. So Maurice is just a perv then, basically. Oh, no, everybody's got to be naked. He's an artist. Not. You call him a perv. <laughs> oh, okay, I call right. him an artist. That makes were way there, more sense. Were any men naked while this was filmed? I was. It was an exciting <laughs> film, if that counts. It does. It does. It's my favorite. At a Spectre meeting in Paris, chaired by the enigmatic number one, Emilio Largo, Spectre operative number two, introduces the group's latest project, hijacking two atomic bombs and holding NATO for ransom. The plot begins at Trublin Sanatorium. Coincidentally, James Bond is at Trublin's to improve his health. There, he notices that fellow patient Count Lippi has a tongue tattoo. Bond searches Lippi's room and is seen leaving by the man in the adjoining room, whose head is covered in bandages. Lippy tries to murder Bond with his spinal traction machine, but Bond is saved by his physiotherapist, <laughs> Patricia Fearing. Well, I mean, let's talk about um, Largo. I mean, first of all, I, you know, much talked about. I love how he shows up and he just glances at that parking attendant and yeah. the guy goes, yes. holy <laughs> shit, <laughs> Mr. Largo, I'm so sorry. I want that power. I want that parking privilege for sure. Yes, right? Yeah. You need an eye patch though, I think. As soon as you get the eye patch, you get like the parking pass you can hook <laughs> on your mirror. That's, That's true. true. Then you have difficulty yeah. parking. That I liked, but I also, there were little moments here that, again, I just I kind of drink up, like the whole fact of the conversation with the couples inside. Before he even goes into the Spectre meeting, you hear the couples talking about loans that they don't have to pay off. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's it's the United States. <laughs> really weird. Yeah, there's a lot of detail. Like if you if you have time and, and if you're not taking endless amounts of notes, there's there's stuff to sort of digest there. If you if you have a fast hand, which I don't. Yeah, there's a lot of like nice little finite detail that you can really tune into. But of course, for the purpose of this, I just noticed that when he walks into that that establishment, he's wearing white gloves. He's still somehow badass and he's wearing white gloves, which just would never work today. Except in France. Yeah. Did any of you, I don't know what it is. I cannot get Austin Powers out of my head when I see this <laughs> scene of all of them sitting there, the chair yeah. scene, the cat, yeah. I mean, just everything. I just... It, it's not like that Austin Powers movie ruined this scene for me. It does that a lot. Like, was it in Goldfinger? There's a scene where they have like a giant globe in the room. <laughs> and Austin Powers has this scene where he, <laughs> Dr. Evil uses it like a basketball. Yes. <laughs> and like every little, there's like little triggers to uh, the movie where you're like, oh, that's just, that's just so Austin Powers. Well, even Craig will go on to say that Austin Powers ruined the James Bond franchise. So, like, just imagine, like, I'm sure in the Pierce Brosnan era, they're still like everything's going full steam ahead, and then 
Austin Powers comes out and they're like, oh shit, yeah. we have to like hit the brakes and slow down. And, or you and have to stop wearing frilly tops. <laughs> we have to re regroup and yeah. Uh, yeah it's but I did like what the director did with Largo. So in that scene when the guy gets electrocuted, Everybody, if you look at if you look down the line of the Spectre agents, they're all either sweating, they're, all, they're right, sweating, wiping their brown. brown. One guy's looking around like you know a panicked Chihuahua, and then you've got Largo, who's just like dum 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 dum. He's taking notes. He's literally taking notes. Yes. It's crazy. He's making a list. That's all he's doing. Yeah, grocery list probably. You can't see Blofeld, but if you look really carefully through the screen, and you're a Star Wars guy, his hair and its sort of outline of his head. It looks just like Grand Moff Tarkin. <laughs> I don't know if you caught this, but I'm looking oh, and I'm like... <laughs> I'm going to go back and look. That's so cool. Yeah, I think it's something around the, his forehead and his temple era, area and then his, and his hair is like... Uh, and of course, it's nothing like the Blofeld we eventually get. That's legit. That looks really Your friends neat. on the Rebel base will be dead by tomorrow. <laughs> That's my Peter Cushing. That's as good as it gets. I mean, I have nothing to compare to, so that was great. <laughs> good job. Well done. <laughs> So yeah, the Shrublands Health Spa was an interesting spot. Have you ever been anywhere like that? I've no. been to um, actually someplace very close to that. It's called Aquadome in Solden, Austria. And mm -hmm. it's, yeah, there are lots of differences. You can't really be that misogynistic <laughs> or even close to it. But it is kind of this whole health retreat that focuses on wellness and, you know, making yourself <laughs> too hot and then too cold. We, there is actually a health spa here that embraces the, the hot and cold thing that just opened oh, up. So basically, Nordic spa. yeah, Nordic spa. Um, you can swim in the ocean or, or whatever and then get in a hot tub. Nice. Yeah. Yep. Is this when we see uh, the Connery's first bathing suit or shorts? He's wearing shorts at one point here. I didn't, like, I wasn't making super close notes of that though at one point he meets with his physio and he's wearing a powder blue bathrobe and that leads me to think that he in his spare time works as a seamstress because i think he just altered his romper for that <laughs> oh this is the romper it's almost like his whoobie this was his childhood blanket yes. superman oh and he takes he it in different states well, don't forget, though, he had a powder blue robe at the end of Dr. No, oh. and then it's a romper, yeah. and then it's this robe, but it's getting tinier, right, because it's losing fabric. Enlighten us. Do you know anything about the blue with Connery? Does it just work on a tanned English gentleman or a Scottish gentleman or what? Well, I think that they gave him tawny skin, even though he didn't really have tawny skin in real life. So I think it does. The blue actually does look really well, whereas white can kind of like draw out your color. So yeah. there probably was something very conscious to doing that. His suits, <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to spend too long on this, but his suits <laughs> and his clothing, even his casual clothing in this film was by far the best out of the entire series. Quantum is a close second. If somebody said to me, what Bond movie can you fill your luggage with and that's all you get for the rest of your life, it would be this movie. For show. <laughs> There's a lot of pink later on, though. Dude, bring on I, the pink. You're not good with pink? He just has pink shorts and a pink shirt. That's enough. And lilac shorts. I don't, own any, I don't own any pink at all. Oh, but, dude, there's going to be oh. something in the mail on Monday for you. <laughs> Please. I know your size. <laughs> Don't encourage him. That's rude. He has our address. It's not great. Maybe pink <laughs> is like the color you look super amazing in and you don't know it because you've never worn it. Pink is the color of self-confidence. We'll Moving talk. on. Uh, <laughs> he's like, this is the last time we invite David to one of these. These are usually so much fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we get Bond calling Moneypenny uh, to report the fact that he saw someone with a tongue tattoo. Can we also talk about something pretty hysterical, I think, in these movies? Sure. Mm -hmm. Is that 
the bad guys make it really obvious who they are between yeah. specter rings and the tattoos. I mean, so why don't they just have a neon sign that says, shoot me? Yeah, yeah like a forehead tattoo. Yeah. I'm with Spectre. The oh, rest. those shirts? I'm with Spectre and like it points in the other direction. There you go. That yeah. could actually work. In powder blue. And <laughs> yeah, with an octopus, of course. But yeah, the the money penny thing, oh, and he calls it in, and 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 uh, he's like, "Oh, money penny, I'll have you across my knee." She seems down, like. The thing is, like, they do have a really nice back and forth. They're always like joking, playing, and they both seem to enjoy it equally. But it's still a little like. Mm, mm. I feel, I, I agree. I feel in this particular one, though, the, you know, she's like, yeah, with yogurt, figs, and lemon juice, good luck with that. To me, it's almost like she's kind of sloughing it off a little bit more than usual. Couldn't get away with it nowadays, though. And the thing is, as well, like, if you go back even, you don't have to go back that far, but like 20 years ago, a lot of women would play along with this stuff just because they didn't feel like they had a choice. Because if you didn't react to this stuff, or if you just like tried to shut it down, well, you were basically a bitch. Yeah. Right. Like, so there was no choice but to act along if you wanted to have any kind of pleasant relationship with anyone. You'll be slagged off or it'll escalate. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only two options you had. Well, and, and I know there's there's a lot of discussion. People say, well, you know, don't look at these films with modern eyes. But you can't help but wonder, first of all, hopefully we've evolved just, you know, as we get older and, and we see things like even the whole thing with the masseuse. You know, where it's like, oh, I'd hate for you to get fired. It looks like, you know, there's a bit of a fantasy play there. You could put that. But then on the other hand, it's like, ew, like <laughs> you basically are blackmailing her. I've been thinking about that since that stable scene in the last movie. And I think the big problem is I know they never had like the idea of they were doing something inappropriate. Like it was just Bond taking charge and like charming right. every woman. It's always the idea that consent is implied at one point, right? So they give in at one point, so they imply consent. It's never actually verbally given to anyone. And I think that's where the problem lies, is that like a lot of young boys watch these movies and have that idea in their head. So I think right. that's where it becomes problematic. So looking at it with modern eyes, I think it just opens up a conversation about it. It just means like, let's talk about it. Why is that not okay? Right, and I think that's why these are called adult fantasy because you know yeah. there, there does need to be that adult look at it um, adult discussion. It, there's there's a couple of people I've talked to that say, well, what about the bodice ripping books that women read nowadays, the Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, where you have that moment where there's dominating and domination. Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. Right. And those books, I embarrassingly read the first one. I guess I have to admit this. It was an accident, but I read the first one. Read it or dog-eared and read it. But those, those books have consent to them. So even if it's domination, the person is actually consenting. I think they even signed a contract at one point. Wow. Notarized. I'm just really glad that if, uh, you know, these are adult movies in the Bond world, that I didn't watch them as a kid uh, and my lady tactics were all of gentlemanly. Your lady tactics? <laughs> my lady tactics, yeah. Even the way you phrase that is... <laughs> Really struggling for a way Excuse to Excuse me, it. my arm's going to go around you because this is my lady tactic. This is my lady tactic. Nope. Bond breaks into Lippy's hotel room only to steal his grapes. Basically, he didn't get much out of it, but a free grape poked around. Uh, the Invisible Man was stalking him from, uh, or thought he was stalking him, I guess. But yeah. This is one of my favorite parts because I'm going to say that's so much cliche. Um, 
It's sneaky Bond. You know, I missed that with some of the Daniel Craig era where it's Bond sneaking around and and being coy. And by the way, you're right. He's very cocky in this scene as well. He moves like a panther. And then all he does is literally hits the guy with a telephone, wraps the telephone and then kind of walks away, which... You know, there isn't a lot of efficiency here. It's almost like spy versus spy. They're they're turning up heaters, they're they're putting brooms and locking people into like hot boxes. They're they're smashing them with telephones. There isn't a lot of like, you know, shooting them twice and capping them and calling it a day. You know, shoot twice, ask questions later kind of thing. Yeah. I thought it was pretty interesting when he actually like went into the other guy's room. I think at one point he looks in a briefcase and it just reminded me of him. Like, I think it was in Dr. No, when he had like the powder on to see if Mm. anyone went into his briefcase and like put a hair through his closet. Like you're doing that without regards of like, maybe this person did the same thing. Or the class from Russia with Love. He just like that, whatever, it's not my briefcase. I'm sure it's fine. (laughs) The methods of like attacking. So he gets strapped into the vinyl traction machine. I really like the kickstart joke. (laughs) But when the other guy comes in and like cranks it up to 11, why would it have a death speed on it? It's the 60s, everything had death speed. They they had had that right through the Roger Moores where it's like red danger. It's like, why would you ever need that? I love that that he actually says, nice to have met you, Mr. Bond. Like, why would you go to that trouble too? Yeah, yeah. He's just asking for it because that's not gonna kill you. It's just yeah. going to make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, apparently he thought it was going to kill him, so. Very inefficient again. Um, I also like the joke about him when the physio comes in and, like, turns mm-hmm. it off and say, says, oh, you could have died. And he makes a joke about, oh, I think it made me taller. Yeah, I like that, too. And then she says, I'll shrink you back down in the steam in the steam room. <laughs> when she walks away, doesn't she seem kind of coy and nonchalant about that whole thing? Does this happen all the time? <laughs> it's like a regular thing. She's just like, ah, oh, whatever. Your spine will shrink back down eventually. I did watch it again last night really closely, especially for the blackmail scene. And you can see there's a bit of a, a, a upturned smile on her face as she's saying that. And, and she backs into the room. He's not exactly pushing her. You're like, yeah, it is creepy, but I, I still feel like she's sort of playing into it as well. I, I kind of have to agree with Corey. I think they're, and I'm sure they did this on purpose because back then it wasn't adult entertainment. It was men's entertainment mm-hmm. that she yeah. did seem somewhat willing participant if you're not looking you won't catch it and when you do watch it again if you do take you know a bit of focus in it you will see that it's not as sketchy as it quickly comes across to play the devil's advocate on this though Fire away. if you look at that snippet after she says like you won't tell my employer i'll get fired and then he like blackmails her like i don't, I don't remember what he says but something along the lines of like well, we can do something so that I won't tell your employer. Yeah. If you look at that whole interaction that he has with her right from the beginning, she's no interest in that. Like she's, he kisses her at one point and she pushes him off and straps him into the traction machine. So if I look at it like that, to me, that scene is just her being like, okay, I've got to do this because I don't want to lose my job. You have a good point if you just take that scene, but if you look at the aftermath, you know, the the mink glove and, you know, the absolute pleasure and her purring now at this point, clearly, you know, this. (laughs) Yes, in fact, she even says mink glove. I think I wrote muskrat. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was muskrat love, but it was mink glove. Before we get to the mink glove, though, uh, I really love the bit where he he walks out of the room. And to me, it's this amazing moment of, the shittiest writing and the best writing at the same time. I know what you're going to say Because here. when he's done with her in the steam room, he closes the door, he's like, see you later. Like, basically, 
just misses everything and the scene is just done and he walks away but at the same time he looks up and he's like see you later irrigator and then walks down the hall is like it's the worst way to end the scene to end that little tiny chapter but it's just the i love that line so we always get into this like oh what's your favorite part of the film that line just just slayed me i was like oh christ this is so good you need to find a place to use that in real life now sure right that'd be so good i think i know the answer to this but what's an irrigation room um it's so it's an enema I mean, it's yeah. essentially an enema. His majestic hairy chest plays a big role in this movie. And it's like front and center all the time. Now, is oh. that bothersome? No, I liked it. You know, <laughs> birds don't nest in an empty tree. Lippy and Angelo Palazzi, the bandaged man, are part of Spectre's plot. Angelo's face has been surgically altered to match French Air Force pilot Francois Derval, who is also staying at Shrublands. Derval is slated to fly on a training mission aboard an RAF Avro Vulcan loaded with two atomic bombs. Angelo kills Derval, collects $100,000 from Spectre agent Fiona Volpe, then demands an extra $150,000 for the job. The next morning, Angelo takes Derval's place on the flight. Angelo gasses the rest of the crew, then flies the Vulcan to the Bahamas, landing it in shallow waters near Largo's ship, the Disco Volante. Spectre scuba divers, commanded by Largo, retrieve the atomic bombs. Angelo, trapped by his seat strapping, is left to drown by Largo. Can I offer something uncomfortable? Yep. But an observation I definitely made, and not the first time. She has the best sex hair ever. That kind of floppy hair that happens after you've had sex. And by that, I don't mean me. Um, <laughs> but just, it's either. perfectly swooped. She kind of comes up, and that's like the first image you see of her. To me, she's she's one of my favorite bad Bond women, if, you, if that's a thing. Just because she's so capable, so badass. Yeah, she but she's also beautiful at the same time. Yeah. Um, she definitely has a brain. She has thoughts of her own and she can take care of things. There's a later scene that I actually wrote down. Like she's actually chasing Bond in heels and keeping up, which Crazy. probably never worn heels, but that is pretty impressive. There was a time when X-Files um, spent some more time doing comedy stuff. And when Dave Duchovny was married to Taylor Oney, she was playing herself and she asked Scully how to run in heels. And there's this really great scene with, Gillian Anderson or a stunt double running back and forth on the back, like on the in behind the shot. She's running back and forth and back and forth. And Taylioni is supposed to be taking notes on how to run in heels. That's the first thing I thought of when you said running in heels. <laughs> how would you yeah. take notes on that? By the way, I got a lot of um, maybe it's the timing of everything with the coronavirus, but I definitely got a sense this time of laughter when they had this poison gas that clearly kills them very quickly and very efficiently. Yeah. And and they're literally just covering their mouth kind of lightly with it. It's okay, I'll just walk into the poison gas with my open fingers, no problem. And there's, yeah, there's the guy who walks in the room, he's like not even covering his face. And then he, or um, Lippy walks in and then he's not even covered and then halfway through he's like, oh. You know. It's a very directional gas. It doesn't, like, <laughs> yeah. dissipate in the it's air. A very, very pristine point that goes right up your schnoz. Why Why are they doing a training sortie with two nuclear warheads on... Active, like, actual... Active nuclear warheads on a training mission. What is that about? Again, that must be the 60s, sort of, all of the safeties are taken off thing, maybe. Yeah, maybe it's too expensive to make the dummies. I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's a great question. I didn't even think about that. So they're doing their training mission, and Angelo, his name. Yeah, it and, is Angelo. Yeah. yeah. 
So the fake uh, Francois gasses the other pilots. He's got his mask on, so he survives. Mm -hmm. yep. So at this point, like I didn't really know what was going on. And when um, he's coming in with the, the plane and they're like, turn on the underwater lights, I thought he was going to like dive bomb into the water or something. I thought that the water would be shallow enough that he could actually land properly. He could just put a light on the Disco Volante and they could land kind of close to that. They didn't need underwater lights, but it was still kind of neat regardless. But It's pretty he, funny that he lands and then the landing gear comes out. <laughs> I think that was which, which to me would be worse. It's like, that's really <laughs> just going to pull me right under. But yeah, that is, that is very mid-1960s fantasy, I don't know how a plane works and neither will you type yeah. moment. Because to land on the water in a jet like that, I oh, mean, yeah. please, yeah. that they would have been splintered into a million pieces. As we saw in Goldfinger, the second the nose cone touches the water, the plane is completely obliterated, <laughs> right? So it, it definitely I heard was. that in your review. That was very observant. I had actually never noticed that. The nanosecond it touches any kind of wetness at all. Just it's I love fun. how you put so that. That's where the gas is. <laughs> well, yeah, clearly, right? That's where the jet fuel is, of course. So. Obviously not on this plane, so. But we see Bond breaking out the mink glove, which... Oh, that's where the mink glove is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that comes out at this point, yeah. I don't think I've ever said or heard the words mink glove used so frequently in, in one small time frame. Must be that mink glove. Is it the mink glove? I'm going to put the mink glove away. Like, oh, I'm stressing out. It must be the mink glove. Is it the noise? I think it's the mink glove. So, yeah. you ready for this? I sure. have a mink glove. Oh, God, you don't. No, 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 but I mean, we haven't used it for anything, but it's a part of my collection. It's a oh, Okay, collection. that makes more sense. That makes more sense. I'm just saying, it's it's very soft. <laughs> you can edit this out. I don't know. Oh, no, no, no. 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 <laughs> that stays in. All right, so, Danielle, maybe this question's for you. She is just going crazy with that mink glove, but literally, <laughs> it's just a piece of fur, an animal, rubbing on you it's not like he's like really getting a good sports massage or dare i say manipulating her in some other way is that really going to set a woman off like the mink glove only if she's faking it <gasps> whoa controversial yeah. i like that all right <laughs> Corey. i won't even ask you that question uh please don't there's a scene i think it's during the mink glove scene where <laughs> um bond kind of sees them sneak in the dead guy's body yeah, he sees the ambulance at the window, yeah. 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 And then obviously this piques his curiosity and he has to go have a look because it involves him. One thing, though, <laughs> they bothered to get an ambulance, but they didn't bother to get, like, attendance uniforms for the ambulance. So anybody that sees it just be like, oh, look, there's these, like, I don't know, mobsters or whatever dragging a body out. Like, if you're going to sort of do one part of the ruse, yeah, I said ruse, go with it. With a little bit more detail, get some uh, get some appropriate uniforms. But did they drag the body out to the ambulance and that's where he found it? Or they drag drug it in? I don't think it really matters, does it? It matters it's, to me. Okay. I just, there's an ambulance with two plainclothes dudes dragging a body in, right? Is it in? So there's a lot of things that bother us about this scene, but it's not the same thing. That's what okay. you're saying. I like that the part the part that you had pointed out was with Sean. He's like sneaking around and he's checking things out. He's dressed uh, well. I shouldn't say he's dressed. Daniel Craig in Casino Royale is wearing some very Connery clothing at that point, mm -hmm. and pants and the black polo. I was just like, oh wow, that's an interesting callback to uh, Thunderball. Casino. That combination is revisited several times, and it was revisited um, by Luke Skywalker at the end of A New Hope in 1977. He wears a black top and brown pants, oh, shit. He does exactly like that. that. Holy okay. cow, we're geeks. Yeah, maybe a little bit. 
There goes our cool card, as if we ever had one. <laughs> yeah, I, was say, I, don't, I don't even know what that looks like. <laughs> so yeah, Bond is checking out the body, has a look at the guy's face, um, and then there's an assassin in the corner ready to attack him, because there always is. Bond bests him and then tries to sneak out by setting off the fire alarm. When people are coming into the hallway, one woman says, oh, what's that? And he pulls a line of, oh, could it be the doorbell? Yeah, no, yeah. No, it certainly could not. He's got a, just one millisecond to chat up a lady and he goes for it, right? But yeah. he's like holding her hand in a very provocative way and she's totally down i mean sorry she is she's like wearing this nighty wearing it well and he's just like ogling and and then the other one comes out like tightening her rope and i'm like bond's having the time of his life he is living the best life uh, he could Right? In his mind? I think that in his mind part that you just added is... I added that because Danielle's face was like really screwing up and I'm like, she's never going to look yeah, at I me again. I feel like in his mind is, is probably the accurate way to end that sentence. I, I mean, it's absolutely horrible. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no, it's not horrible, but I feel like I'm getting insight into the male psyche where it's every single second of the day an opportunity for something like this like don't you ever spend five minutes walking around where you're not looking at anyone but just lost in your own thoughts in the woods when there's no one around yeah if i'm bleeding or something i'm concentrating on on clotting the blood i'm, I'm gonna go get more martinis because all right am i getting myself in hot water here no no you're good it's just enough for me uh, oh yeah that figures oh wow so i like when they uh when they cut back to the plane and um underwater and they go to the back of the plane and they're lowering the nukes down yes and there's this crank system the only thing i could think of was uh the crank system on spare tires on suvs and trucks <laughs> like is this the same hardware? Like, if you could, like, steal a nuclear missile, you could maybe change a spare tire? And if you're thinking that, I think I feel like the movie's losing you at that point. Because it is it is a little long in the tooth. Like, from a pacing standpoint, yeah. it's a very 1960s pacing when it was underwater. And we'll get to the battle scenes later. But even that, like, removing nukes. Nowadays, that would be a seven-second like, scene. Yeah, this yeah. was seven minutes. I, I don't mind it, though. Like, it's it's important to know how to change spare tires and nuclear missiles. Um, yes. But uh, I do like the, the camouflage and everything. I thought that was interesting. I didn't really I didn't really mind the long, slower scene. I have watched a lot of 60s films. I like things when they're slower paced. And the camouflage does play an important part, obviously, because it takes them forever to find that stupid plane. So, <laughs> yeah. What I notice in this scene is that there's a lot of middle-aged men in scuba suits. Oh my gosh, I have that in my notes too. Well, it's about Largo. That Largo's not the most physically imposing individual. He's, you know, he's not yeah. Thor. And yet yeah. he is getting around like no problem. Yeah. But he does look like a stuffed sausage. He does. A lot of them do. And I think it's just that visual that we have nowadays in movies. Like, they usually wouldn't show something like that. Anyone wearing a scuba suit would be super fit. Right. Yeah, there was a lot of men in scuba suits. They were more accepting back then of body type. That's true. Not as much pressure. Mm -hmm. That scene, uh, to sort of get onto, well, not to get onto Largo's body, but to sort of like continue <laughs> on with Largo's physique. When they come out back in the Disco Volante, he's wearing this, like, not wearing a shirt, but he's wearing a blazer. Yes, no shirt, yep. blazer. Yeah. And it's a double-breasted blazer. Triple-breasted, yeah. if you think of it. So, <laughs> Man-boo blazer, I guess you could call it. He's, you know, he, he's got that Italian look that he's rocking. I mean, but there is, yeah, there is no shirt. But he's yeah. a little wet, right? He's got to be wet. 
a little damp, maybe, yeah. Oh, moist, would you say? Don't moist. I think there's something about his attire in that scene, because like, I assume he's wearing the bottom half of his wetsuit with the shirtless blazer. I really would think he, because it looks like he's wearing leather pants. Yeah. And I'm really hoping it's a wetsuit, because there's no way you could get out of the ocean Throw a pair of leather pants no, on. No, like, that wouldn't work. No, you would need so much talcum powder. Depends if they're lined or not, uh, but still. like. Um, I love that you know that. You have Are you sewing a pair? We're going to have to discuss this <laughs> off podcast. Later. I used to have long hair and leather pants, so there you go. Nice. So you were more Mad Max than James Bond. I like that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. It's- one of my favorite movie moments of this whole scene is when they're putting that camouflage netting over the jet. Every single tent peg that they're putting down has one minion working on it. Everyone has one tent peg. Yes. They must be unionized. It's the proverbial, you had only one job. And by the way, it doesn't work because the sharks come by and they're like, F you, I'm still going to go in this. And they yeah. do. Yeah, sure. There's like at least four. Meanwhile, Bond has uncovered Derval's corpse at the clinic. On the way to London, Lippy attacks Bon, but a masked motorcyclist kills Lippy with a rocket-propelled grenade. Abandoning the motorcycle, the writer is revealed to be Fiona, acting on Blofeld's orders to eliminate Lippy. At an MI6 conference in London, all the 00 agents are informed that Spectre demands £100 million from NATO in exchange for returning the bonds, and threatens to destroy a major city in the US or the UK if the ransom is not paid. Bond recognizes the briefing photograph of Draval as the corpse at Troublands. He asks M to send him to the Bahamas to contact Draval's sister, Domino. We almost got Bond in Canada. Almost. So close, but not quite. It's true. Is that where they said they were yeah, sending Yeah, like, oh, we're going to send it to Canada. The same thing in Dr. No. Like, oh, we're yeah, going to send it to I'd rather go to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, he's making good choices because it's really warmer everywhere he chooses to go. <laughs> That's true, yeah. So he leaves the spa. Does the old fuck him and chuck him again. <laughs> That's his usual. But here's the thing. He didn't get any information out of her. So was he just there for a good time? Was he trying to get... She was his cover. I mean, she, you know, he could kind of dart from room to room, and that was the insider. Plus, yeah, he, she was fun. <laughs> I love, I love even... his parting line though. It's like another time, another place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like whatever. Don't call me. I'll call you. <laughs> and have you noticed in this particular movie too? He doesn't quite fit in the DB5, which doesn't have a lot of headroom, and he's extremely tall, and actually a little taller after the rack. I guess I didn't think to look, uh, look for it. After Dr. No, because Dr. No, he really didn't fit in the, in the tiger, right? So, by the way, um, I've said this a lot. This is one of my favorite scenes. This is one of my favorite scenes, but truly the scene when somebody asks me a question or I get um, an interview question like, hey, what do you want to see in the new Bond film? I almost always say, I would love to see other double O agents. I would love to see more of MI6 and the agents. This scene coming up with Bond arriving late yeah. and all the Bond like double O's, that's yeah. what it's based on. Cause I just think that's so badass seeing all these other double O's sitting around. There's a lady there too, which I thought was pretty interesting. Yes. Like, oh, lady double O, that's fun. <laughs> By the way, the most incredible maps. I mean, things just kind of opening up everywhere in that room. I love that room too. Beautiful design. 
That room is there specifically to show you that they know nothing of where that plane landed. Oh my God, that map is like, this is where the plane landed and it's a, like yeah. a 100,000 square mile radius. Yeah, it's Australia. Well, pretty much, yeah. This is the range that it could go. So Bond, as usual, shows up late. That's yeah, yeah, and, and M is like, oh, you know, now that we're all here, which is just, you know, passive aggressive. By the way, this is one of the things, I don't know if you know the history of this, but um, Kennedy loved, loved the book From Russia With Love. A lot of... People really loved Thunderball because it showed Bond as being frivolous. And that's the whole thing of they consciously made a move to make him late and not really care. And like he's almost like devil may care in this entire film, which makes him very kind of cool. Yes, you have yeah. it, your hand up in the front. <laughs> yes. Uh, punctuality is not really my strong point. Knowing that I don't really give a shit. Everybody else seems to have an issue with it. I don't understand. But why. that's not devil may care, Corey. That's just... <laughs> being late it's but, fashionable they say i i hear that and i keep trying to sort of push that agenda but it never works mm. see i have the opposite problem i'm too early which can also be a major problem too yeah i've actually gotten better at it because i used to be ridiculously early and like now i'll hang out in my car <laughs> yeah like if i was one of those double agent double o agents i would have been there nobody's in the room i would yeah. have been the first to get my packet make sure i got the nicest packet with no dog ears sat down got some water and then everybody shows up 20 minutes later. And there was better seating somewhere else. Totally. Like this <laughs> this chair creaks. Can M see me if I raise my hand? <laughs> <laughs> Is there extra credit? Look how, I'm, look how smart I'm being. <laughs> Pay attention to me. Grade me, please. Uh, M is totally on Bond's side for all of this movie, which was different. Except for that first bit, now that we're all here. After yes, that, but after gone. that, he's very supportive like yeah, of yeah. Bond saying, like, I know who this person is after he sees the photo. And like even later on, he's very supportive of Bond. If he ever is gruff, it's almost like when a husband is a little gruff to a wife, he'll be gruff, but then he'll see the expression. He'll be like, oh, but, 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 but. Like when he goes, you know, why do you want to go to NASA? Is it any reason other than your love of water sports? And then he sees Bond's reaction. He's like, well, maybe you should go check it out. Yeah, like maybe he has a legit <laughs> yeah. reason after all. Well, you obviously, like you can actually see his trust in Bond in this movie, I think. Mm. We do have the uh, Money Penny referencing M as being the old man, which I particularly liked. She's great. like, oh, you can pull a con on the old man, but it won't work on me. Uh, I really like that bit. Because uh, Money Penny, for the most part, has this sort of air of kind of professionalism, also with a hint of playing along with Bond's naughtiness. I just really like the fact that for at this point, it actually branches out to sort of get outside of their little world. Can, can I talk about something a little controversial? Do you get the sense that Money Penny might be the head of, you know, all of these administrative assistant pools? these executive administrators and they kind of see bond as and i've heard this before if if a guy is charming and dare i say good looking it doesn't come off as creepy and so the pool of women may talk about that and money penny is kind of the the wrangler the hub of that so even though he's being yes of course he's being misogynistic and awful but he kind of gets away with it because of his charm and he's um i good looks and charm can get you a really long way in life. So far, so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Turns out I broke Zerinsky. <laughs> oh my god, I am sweating. That was so funny. Um, I do think good looks and charm can get people a fun life, but I don't think it's always deserved. Absolutely. But I think the charming aspect, I think one of the reasons I don't like more as much is because he's not a charming person to me. <gasps> me or Connor? What? Who? 
Moore is not charming. Oh, Moore. I thought you meant me or Connery. <laughs> I got a little I got a little afraid. It's a James Bond podcast. Oh, uh, okay. Not a Corey podcast. No. But yeah, I don't think Moore is as charming. I think Connery has a lot of charisma that Moore yeah. is just a little bit goofy. Yeah. I don't know if everybody, I don't know people's opinions on. It, it really just depends on when you started watching Bond. Pierce Brosnan had some of the best charm, yeah. for sure. Very charming. Yeah, well, like, Craig is sort of pulled back a little bit, right? Probably because Austin Powers, his yeah. charm is, like, he just is fucking handsome or some shit. My problem with Pierce is he's, like, Roger on steroids, but he's better looking. Like, he's almost to the point in these, like, pervy uncle or something, because he has a lot of dirty one-liners. And it's, um, I, I know that's kind of lost on you. I we haven't have, seen we them We haven't yet. made it there yet, but just give it time. Cause... While snorkeling, Bond meets Domino. Later, at a casino, he encounters Largo and Domino, who is his mistress. Bond and Largo recognize each other as adversaries, while feigning ignorance of each other's true nature. Bond meets Felix Leiter and Q, who's my sweet baby angel. <laughs> <laughs> And is issued various gadgets. Diving under the Disco Valente, Bond fails to find the atomic bomb. He narrowly escapes Largo's henchmen. The next day, Bond visits Largo at his estate in Palmyra. Bond's partner, Paula, is taken and then commits suicide with a cyanide pill. So there's a turtle in the first scene here. <laughs> I didn't notice the turtle. Oh, yeah, she's holding onto the turtle and <clears throat> like she's going down to the reef. And you see Domino? It's hard to notice anything on screen when Domino's on screen. There was a turtle. I didn't notice that. Yeah. I mean, Domino's, I would admit, she's, again, absolutely beautiful. You're probably not asking my opinion on her, but I'm going to give it. Um, also, it's a very interesting fashion choices for Domino all throughout. The bikini, the, they, they kept her in kind of like mostly black and white. They were really yep. trying to kind of focus on keeping her this, you know, femme fatale. But yeah, we're not going to, we're not, we're not at the side boob uh, bathing suit yet. She looked really good, and I like the flirtation with her and Bond. That whole moment is great. And there's another hairy chest moment, right? There's another bathing suit moment. Yeah. That's true, yeah. The other thing is, we got to think about during the 1960s, you know, for us, you know, seeing pictures and video and YouTube of the Bahamas is, it's easy. But back then, that looked so exotic and so magical. And then swimming with a turtle, that that had to be like a fantasy. It kind of sets like the, the basis of what we're going to sort of picture or see going forward. For the rest of time that's kind of how we envision it in our head and it's kind of how it's portrayed up until now i just yeah. mostly noticed the turtle i just mostly <laughs> noticed domino so and i like turtles but i still notice domino danielle i mean we're we're talking about domino i mean do you find as a, as a modern woman do you find connery uh attractive in this film i actually do i think connery's attractive i think all of the women that they have in all of the movies are very attractive women. One thing that we've discussed a lot, I don't think we see it as much in this movie, but in the earlier films that we watched, you do have a lot of women in roles that you don't, back in those days, you wouldn't necessarily have seen women do, like the flying circus where she was a pilot and all of this. I do find that part really interesting. In this movie, though, they don't show that as much because Domino was just sort of Largo's mistress or niece or uh, he was her guardian. I don't know. They say different things through the movie, but. Well, that's a really interesting question because it, I, I mean, as an adult watching this over and over again, I've often thought about where did this begin? This thing with Domino and Largo, how did that really begin? Did she need money? Was he maybe loving at one time and she was cap trying to capture a father figure? I mean, there's probably a whole psychology you can get into. But it 
one point, doesn't she say, like, when I met him when I was very young and I did find him attractive? Like, she mentions that at one point. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, Domino is incredibly beautiful. And I did notice that the outfits that they have her wear. I think at one point she says, I have to go change. This is and she gets into something skimpier. Yeah. She's like in a bathing suit and then gets into a bikini or something. Okay, this is why this is one of my favorite movies. <laughs> so the thing, the thing about this one, too, is they don't give her a shit name. Domino? Domino. It's a great name. Uh, and it's not like a lot of vagina or something like that. Yeah. You know, exactly, right? So she can be whatever she is. Like, that was yeah. our one of our points with Pussy Galore, is that she's this great character, and they give her a shit name. You're like, I get it. It's the, it's the male fantasy You thing. mean Miss Galore. He does listen. So <laughs> You like that, right? Am I not a fan or what? Yeah, it's just nice that they don't take her down a peg. Uh instantly by this you know the second her name comes out like sylvia trench was fine like whatever honey rider you're like okay like, holly goodhead yeah yeah exactly yeah, and holly goodhead was a great character because it, it does take some legitimacy out of how great those characters are have you both read the book thunderbolt i don't read i fall asleep all right, that's honest. I mean, they have audio books. I don't know if you knew. It's a very good book, and there's a lot of aspects that they literally pull and pushed into this particular screenplay, which makes it really cool. One of the things being Domino is kind of a linchpin to a lot of the events. So she may not be the protagonist of the film or the book, but she's kind of this hub, you know, the brother getting killed, Bond's motivation, Largo's jealousy, like all those things swimming around this one beautiful woman. So it, it, it's kind of interesting how they translated that into film. Yeah. yeah, it's kind of like the backbone of what the story sort of feeds off of. Yes, and without getting right to the ending, I mean, she even is pretty good yeah. at dispatching as well. Um, so Bond has his powder blue swim shorts on here, and he has a little belt. I don't know if you noticed, but they have a little belt on them. I tend not to notice men's belts. The romper had a belt as well. Again, with but the it men's needed belt. a belt. I sure. mean, it kind of cinches in at the waist. You won't but... define the line. Seriously, you would look like a giant baby <laughs> just wandering around, like looking for a snowstorm if it didn't have a belt. But the belt saves it. The belt saves it. And by the way, they released... Um, God, that's a stupid trivia. They released last year that same bathing suit with a faux belt. So it wasn't the real belt. And the big disappointment in the Bond collecting community, where's the effing belt? It was an outcry. It was, it was like belt gate. It was supposed to be a two-piece, and it was only a one-piece. That's correct. That would be disappointing. Have you ever had conch chowder? Yes. No. Yes? Yes. It's delicious. Is For it real. a summer dish? Uh, no, not so much. I mean, it's, it's not like a ceviche or anything like that. It's it's, a, it's kind of like a warm, dark, almost dark brown type of uh, oh, soup. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, so but it's very good, and they make it fresh. Anytime we have anything chowder related here, right? It's creamy. Yeah, this isn't quite creamy. Okay, I was a little bothered by the fact that he was ordering like creamy soup yeah. slash and by the way we've um we've stayed there uh, that was filmed at um what is now the atlantis in the bahamas and it hasn't really changed it's really cool interesting i have to ask this question because we've gone halfway through and haven't asked it but what did you think of the music you got kiss um, kiss bang bang you've got i had some notes John about Barry. music but i haven't well we kind of just sort of got lost in the conversation after watching this once twice three times i'm kind of starting to edge out Honor Majesty's Secret Service as being the best soundtrack. It really is fantastic. This one. Yeah, it's so good. And all the uh, the underwater sequences later that we haven't gotten to yet. La, 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 la. 
Yeah, and like the sort of little, like the little dabbling high pitched piano bits. The sort of it's just so great. I bought a I bought an original pressing of it uh, back a while ago that was in really rough shape and it doesn't play the best. I bought a re-release of it as well, just because if there's one particularly scratchy song on on vinyl, um, I can play it on the other one and it sounds a little bit better. So I have two sort of copies of Thunderball. It's just really great. I wish it was in I wish it was in as good as condition as my Honor Majesty Secret Service, which mm. is on the original pressing. I really locked out. And they didn't cost any amount of money at all, so it was it was great. Thunderball is really creeping in on Majesties after sort of spending some more time with it. It's an really amazing cool. soundtrack. Danielle is a non-Bond aficionado. Could you appreciate the music? I don't really <clears throat> notice much more than like the the theme song to it. Mm-hmm. So I can't say that I really paid attention. Like I, I think part of it is that we're always taking notes when we're watching this. So ah, okay. I can only have so much focus other than the opening credits. Like I didn't really notice the music very much. I know you talked about it at one point a little bit during the movie, but the sneaky Bond moments are really great musically. Yes, the subtlety is, is there, and it really just sort of sells it. Uh, it, it's just fantastic. And the action scenes was like, bah, bah, bah. it's like these big orchestral moments. I just dig it. Yeah, no, fair. It, it's it's one of those things where if you decide to focus on it, there's so much depth to it. Like, yeah. really, you kind of just watch the movie and enjoy it. It helps sell the scenes. But if you want to take like a little bit of focus, it's fantastic. It really works well on its own. Like, you can completely turn the movie off and listen to it. It's great. We have no idea where we're at. Oh, we're at the <laughs> casino. They go to oh. lunch. They get the chowder. Yep. <clears throat> he asks her to dinner, but she shuts him down, she which I don't, I don't know what it is. I really love when Bond gets shut down. There's just something that's... Cause in More this, relatable? <laughs> well, I, he, he gets shut down. I mean, I even like her line of... You know, I ho- I'm hoping you weren't so obvious. Well, that comes a little bit later when they start dancing. But yeah. I, I liked the way the cat and mouse game that they play. And by the way, I've got to fit this in. You can edit it out. But the best by far bathing suit in the entire bond franchise yes folks 25 movies is short shorts no 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 not (laughs) the pottery one it's the domino one where it's kind of see-through and it kind of shows like a little bit of side boob that is the best bathing suit in the entire series Side boob. It's any boob, really. Like oh, hold on a second. That's from when we were brought up with like National Geographic, and that was a big deal. <laughs> like, like that's all you could get back when I was young with National <laughs> Geographic, and you were like happy to get that before the internet. It was way before the internet. What, what the fuck was an internet? <laughs> all right, what is side boob? Please, it's 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 a taboo situation, and yet it's it's totally legal. It's fashionable, actually. And it was the 60s. Can you imagine side boob in the 60s? That had to blow people's brains away. Do you want us to edit this part out? <laughs> no. You guys got to understand something. When I do my little, like, animation thing, it's going to be about the side boob. It's not going to be about the... <laughs> Casino. All right, Casino, yes. Yes, the casino. Mm-hmm. There's no the, side boob in the casino. That one of I the know. best casino scenes, I think. However... So Bond walks up at the table and Largo and Domino are already sitting there. Yep. I don't know if you notice the elderly woman sitting (laughs) at the table. (laughs) The sunglasses and the ball gown. Yeah. She's my favorite character in this movie. She is amazing. She's playing serious. Yep. Serious. 
So I'll blow you away further. Not only was it a reality, a lot of people sitting around that table from Turtle Island, which is what the Atlantis was called before it was the Atlantis. So some of those people were probably the owners of that island getting in on a Bond movie because that's when the Bond craze was. So you had wow. a lot of real people sitting around that table. But oh, I, loved... I wish I could have met her. You can. That'd be awesome. You will. She might, she might still be around. <laughs> She's pretty old. I do like the interplay between uh, Bond and Largo. I think it's very playful. It's, you know, you know, we have a way of dealing with, you know, the evil eye thing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. the specter of evil. Yeah, it's 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 the whole Bond, like secret agent thing. Like, again, it's just like I'm going to tell everybody who I am. It's like watching Batman in the 90s. There's like three Batman films and he tells all the love interests what like what he is and what he does. It's like stop telling people what you do and who you are. Mm-hmm. So in that scene, he's just like, oh, I'm Bond James Bond, and he's like the specter of evil. And like he's just laying it all out on the table, much like his cards. And he's just, just this is what I am. I know what you are. Let's just yeah. have at it. It's like there's no secrecy to it. You, you know what bothers me about this scene, though? There's a point where Domino goes, Amelia, you promised to buy me a drink. And I'm thinking to myself, number one, do you really need him to buy you a drink like you have no money of your own? And it's a casino and don't they give you drinks for free? And isn't he the most intimidating person in the Western Hemisphere? Could you get like manipulate a drink from somebody? Like, Why do you need him to get a drink? I think she's just trying to like um... leave. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think she's well because as soon as Bond like offers to buy her a drink, she's like she's fucking gone. So like any right, second, but he's like a hundred percent okay with Bond buying her a drink for sure. But he's trying to figure out what Bond is up to, and she's always continually trying to use Bond to sort of get a distance from yeah. Lark. While he's there trying to make his money back, she's like, "I'm bored. I want to go," and he's like, "I want to get my money back." And she's like, "Just get me a drink." So I think she knows what she's doing. All right, so Danielle, do you think that Largo says? I would like that as far as him buying the drink because then she can kind of go spy on him. I think that's exactly what he wants. He just wants information. She can probably get it out of him. Mm. After the dance they share later, Bond and Domino, he's like, tell me everything he said. She does. Obviously, she's hoping or he's hoping that she's going to be loyal to him and spill her guts. Right. So what was the line? (laughs) What was the line? She says, you know, he goes, are you staying on board the ship tonight? And she goes, I I would hoping you wouldn't be so obvious. In other words, like coming on to me, like, you know, a one night stand. Was she? What's that all about? Do you remember that line? Yeah, I do remember that line. And I'm not sure exactly what she meant about that. Because the question wasn't like, can I go into your room tonight or anything oh. like that? It was just like, oh, where are you staying? I don't know. It was more conversational the way it came out. And she just took it down a road that was completely different. I feel like she pegged him as a player from the get go. And like yeah. everything he was going to say was going to be put through that player filter. And in her defense, like usually that's how it does go. That's true. Well, I mean, as a woman, you size someone up and if you find a guy is playing and he's a player, you're going to be like, you know, everything is suspect. Not everybody has Corey woman moves. (laughs) Is that what it was called? Woman moves? That was lady moves. Oh, lady moves. By the way, I'm starting my new podcast tomorrow called Lady Moves. I'll have negative five (laughs) followers. I'll definitely uh, I'll definitely sit on sit in on some episodes on that one for sure. (laughs) Uh, Bond goes back to his room, like we've talked about him sharing a dance with Domino. He's got the recorder in his room that he listens to. Right. 
Was that a Bible? Was it a recorder in a Well, bag? I think it was. Yeah, I would assume. Like, it's... Yeah, I think it was the Bible. I mean, it would make sense in a hotel. But how, how fortuitous of him to be able to rewind it exactly when the footsteps started. Because he was gone for hours. And he goes, yeah, oh, for sure. And it's like, click, click, click. <laughs> well, because he's Bond. And it would have been really long watching the scene where he's like rewinding, listening, fast forwarding, listening. It's the director's cut of Thunderball. <laughs> <laughs> There's 35 minutes on the tape. It's like six hours of Thunderball. Like, you thought the underwater scenes were slow? Well, guess what? You just see the Bible sequence. It goes to shit. I, I do really like how they framed it with the, with the Bible audio tape they sort of showed where the footsteps were going i really like that sequence that was really nice and you, you can kind of sort of see the audio leading him through his imagination where the footsteps go and, and that guy being in the shower or whatever it was kind of nice how they did that um felix's timing was a little off on this <clears throat> yeah. why does he hit felix in the stomach and yet they call each he calls him 007 right in front of the guy he's yeah. like you were about to call me 007 and he says that right in front of the guy yeah the universal sign for quiet, I think, is known by pretty much everyone. Like, just shh, don't make a sound. Yeah. And it takes about as much time as punching someone. So I don't know why he chooses to punch Felix. I, I have a theory on that. I think okay. Bond wanted to punch Felix <laughs> because he didn't recognize him because it's a different Felix. <laughs> exactly. He's like, you're not the original Felix. <laughs> This iteration of Felix is Silver Fox Felix. Uh, it's weird. Ooh. He's kind of like a 60s Johnny Bravo. He's, he, the man has a lot of hair. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's... He's dressed as nicely as Bond, too. I mean, he's... Oh, he's... he showed up with the lady glasses again, too. That's true. Yeah, yeah. He did. yeah, I heard that in that episode. And those are... You're right. Those are cat-designed glasses. Mm -hmm. In the 60s, they were the cat's meow. I mean, they were everything. 23 Skidoo. For men? For men. <laughs> we hey everybody in this room who lived in the 60s raised their hand <laughs> that's not a thing david <laughs> not in this room anyway right exactly so why Actually, did bond give the bad guy his gun back now he takes out the clip yeah but he gives him the gun is that just a, a slap in the face pretty much i don't think he just gives a shit again you're talking like connery at his most cocky yeah, yeah. well he probably wants to send a, a message back to largo saying Here's your errand boy. Do with him what you will. Doesn't even say like the small fish I throw back or something like that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. He does. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there's the skeet shooting. There's two scenes with skeet shooting. Yep. When where you see is it Domino that's shooting with him? No, uh, Volpe. That's a little, okay, little yeah. later on. Yeah, you've got Volpe shooting with him, and then there's another scene where Bond is shooting with him. Yeah, you have this really great skeet shooting scene with Bond, like sort of saying any ignorance about it. And he's just like, oh, turns out it is easy. He grabs a shotgun, shoots off, doesn't really aim. Bond shooting from the hip again, mm -hmm. uh, like he did in From Russia with Love, and just sort of turns, shoots, gets it instantly without any real effort, which I thought was great. They weren't wearing any hearing protection while they were shooting, though. Oh, or eye protection. I mean, if we want to go that far. But all of that's going to catch up with them at some point. Is it? So Bond's going to be like 75 with hearing aids. It's called Diamonds Are Forever. <laughs> it's like a lot of soft focus in Diamonds Are Forever. Like, we really don't want to see those hearing aids. So if you can get rid of that bit, that would be great. <laughs> what did you think of um, Bond in sandals? You're okay with that? Didn't even notice. I noticed a lot of Bond being barefoot in shoes in this. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to bother me. He's you. in the Bahamas. Well, yeah, I'm fine with be. it. He could be barefoot the whole time. In those short shorts? Anytime. Oh. 
Did you find those attractive? <laughs> oh, on him, yeah. You got to be careful, though. You like... cough and you could see your religion. <laughs> I just feel like that much leg hair might put any normal human being off. Oh, from a choking hazard standpoint? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> it's just like... He's fine. He, he just wears all he wears with confidence, no matter what it is. There you True. go. That's that's the takeaway. So you got the Silver Fox, Paula, Bond together, and they go... Oh, Bond is also wearing a really cute hat in that scene. <laughs> I don't even remember. Ball cap? He did. Nice hat. Yeah, it's like a fedora. Like a straw. It's like a straw hat type thing. That seems appropriately climatized and that's where he was wearing head to toe powder blue wasn't it there's a lot of blue in this he's got a lot of blue polos and everything he does that is his color and then you've got paula in her super cute pink outfit you know paula's the same gypsy fighter from from russia with love yeah yeah exactly yeah well you mentioned that but i didn't catch it when i watched it yeah well she's basically a totally different person oh yeah because she's dressed differently. <laughs> I did like her character. It made me very sympathetic to when she has her demise. I thought she was she was good. I mean, she was a little, you know, kind of slow with Velope. <laughs> Velope, you got me doing it, damn it. <laughs> You're welcome. Velope. I really hope that sticks with you. But the two of them, even the tete-a-tete the -tete that they had, the little interplay, I think, was a lot of fun. So what do you think of that with Paula sort of getting ready for Bond, sort of showing up? Do you think she was sort of getting ready for Bond? Or... She's attracted to him. Absolutely. It's co-workers that are co-mingling, and, and she's attracted. Now, not overtly. She hasn't made a pass at him, but I think she wants to look presentable. Well, at no point in the film does she ever not look buttoned up, right? So. But that's just the look that they almost all have in the film. True. They're all dressed to the nines all the time. They're always looking their greatest. Like it's mm -hmm. more work when like a woman has to do makeup and hair and there's these added elements, but it's the same idea. Do we have feelings about Bon and Q meeting up? Huge feelings. I have yeah. huge feelings. As soon as Bon sees Q, he's like, oh no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's so great. It's so great. So Bon always goes totally like ADHD when he's with... <laughs> Always. Yeah, for sure. Every button, every switch, he has to Still, push it, he has to touch it, he has to like... He's got to flick it, yeah. he's got to snap it, yeah. And in this yeah. case, it was ridiculous because it's filled with missiles and things like that. And he's like, click, 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 <laughs> click, 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 like some like impetuous child. I do like this cue scene because, again, the gadgets and things like that, that he really gets loaded for bear, which is yeah. very cool. I really like this moment sort of where um, Q basically says... I, I love this part. He's like, oh, I'm not, I'm not used to sort of seeing you in the field when you're on the run kind of thing. And he's just basically taking a major pot shot at, at Bond. And he's just like, mm. he just has to take it because it's true. Like, oh, yeah. Q is not a field agent. He doesn't show up to meet Bond in the field. But at this moment, he's just like, yeah, no, I got to come basically sort of help bail your ass out. It's and really you can even tell because the costume designer dressed Q yeah. like Van Gogh exploded. Because he's got a different Travel top, different go. shorts, the different pants. His hat band is even different to everything else. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. It's he's ridiculous. So cute though. Oh, he's, he's cute, of course. He's so cute. Until he decides to become a proctologist. <laughs> Wearing the same outfit or no? No, the pill. <laughs> oh yeah, so <laughs> we'll we'll touch base on the pill because I guess it's kind <laughs> of implied. But so this is he gives him a pill which is a tracker and then Bond's like what do I do with that and he says well you swallow it of course and he's like right now <laughs> <laughs> which does come back later 
So you you have a theory that you thought that that was going to be a suppository. We'll touch base on it later. I'll oh, I thought we were to, here. Okay. I'll, I'll try not to forget, but All right. I, I really, I, I hope that somebody will revisit this film and watch it and specifically call up the moment I'm talking about okay. and, and go, he's not... He's not nothing. I think after he gets his gadgets, he does his first uh, scuba diving mission in his red bodysuit. Wetsuit? Bodysuit? No, it's a bodysuit. It looks like it snaps at the crotch. <laughs> the 90s are yeah. back. It's a, void, it, it's a void scuba suit. It's a bodysuit. Let's call it a bodysuit, yeah. I'm glad he has the shorts versus just... <laughs> that would have been a little bit too much leg. Yeah. He's probably. okay with showing leg. I would not put it past him. So he's going on sort of a recon mission, I guess, with his infrared camera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Snapping some pictures. It takes him about three minutes to get into a fight. It is quick. Yeah. And then Largo immediately launches like a strike against him where they're like hand grenading the water and attacking. Yeah, Vargas is just tossing hand grenades into the water. Can we talk about something that's a pretty serious subject at this point? Does what? anybody does anybody feel like Vargas is being thoroughly abused as an employee during this film? <laughs> First, he's got the whole thing about the drink and what does he do? Vargas doesn't drink. He doesn't have sex. He doesn't smoke. And then he's like abusing him as he's just Vargas is just always trying his best. I would really harass the shit out of Vargas for having super crooked, very, very obvious super crooked sunglasses. And I would probably attack him on a daily basis for that. So So the abuse of Vargas is justified to you. I think so. I don't yeah. think it is because in any like if he wasn't employed by Spectre in right. any other work environment, that would have been a harassment claim. In the sixties, though. Yeah, because it's no, she's right. It's 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 verbal abuse. I mean, poor verbal. Vargas. And he Vargas. Has he doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. That's his thing. You shouldn't make fun of him. Don't even ask. I don't think you can ask. What does Vargas do? That's none of your effing business. What Vargas does once he leaves Spectre is his business. Yeah, eventually he'll get the point. But again, if I can wear my eye patch straight, you can fix those fucking glasses. <laughs> There's a scene when they first introduce him, like, officially. His glasses are super crooked on his face. People like you made Buffalo Bill and Vargas the people that they are today. <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with it. All right, I'm sorry. I had to, I had to bring up the Vargas story because that poor guy. Yeah, I do sympathize with him a little bit. Talked about Bond being attacked. Can't keep his head underwater long enough, so they kind of find him and start um, grenading him to death. He has his white shorts, and he's showing a lot of leg. He fakes his own death by, like, letting go of his tank. When he lets go of his tank, it is really hard to sort of have a lot of sympathy for Vargas at this point. When Vargas is like, oh, we got his tank and his mask or whatever, he's obviously dead. Well, I think... (laughs) No matter who it would have been, they would have kind of gone that route. That was the whole point of it. And right? That is kind of like a bad guy henchman trope, right? Mm-hmm. Not even in Bond, but just all encompassing bad guy stuff. And nobody knows he has a little rebreather at that point either, right? Which is by far the coolest Bond gadget. Absolutely. Means. Oh, yeah. I, I think it's just, I like to swim. I would just love to have one regardless. It'd be great. Um, he makes it back to shore and he hitches a ride with Fiona. Mm-hmm. So for some reason she picks up a man in tiny shorts on the side of the road. <laughs> I did not think of that at all. <laughs> it's true. Obviously she knows who he is right away, and I don't know is she trying to be intimidating when she's like jogging fast? I think so because you know it's that whole kind of like repertoire back and fast of like you know oh you know I don't like to be 
some men don't like to be driven. Some men don't like to be taken for a ride. I mean, those yeah. those lines are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the scene where she's wearing that huge specter ring. Oh, that scene. Yeah. And, and she, like, turns it after he sees it. Like, why bother? He's already noticed it. Those things are huge. Yeah, it's definitely not. Uh, it's it's definitely not the specter rings we've come to know and love. Do you have a specter ring? I've got like four or five different versions, but I definitely have the Thunderbolt version. Yeah. Do they fit? And do you wear them depending on the outfit? I don't wear them, but they fit. So yeah, the Thunderbolt one is kind of opalescent. It's like one of the nicer ones. Like a mood ring. It is like a mood ring if you rub it really hard. Still talking about a ring. I've <laughs> gone off the rails here. Fiona drops him back off at the hotel. Coincidentally, same hotel where she's staying at. Uh, Vaughn makes it back to Felix, where they develop the pictures he had. So shortly after, Felix and Vaughn are sort of helicoptering over um, Largo's lair, right? That's where they're kind of having a look at everything, and they spot the shark pool. They spot the shark pool, but I think they also see the outline of the... Of, of the jet as well when they're in the they helicopter. Know, they notice the, the jet at that point? I think so. They use the bucket to look into the water and they see the outline of the jet. They, they're at the Golden Grotto? The Golden Grotto shark, the most dangerous of all species, which is so not true. But what is a Golden Grotto shark? I think it's like a nurse shark that, you know, didn't quite graduate medical school. Yeah, I don't think they're going to bite you. No. Well, <laughs> they, oddly, any shark that we see kind of tries to avoid bond. Nobody tries to bite them. Exactly. These aren't very frightening sharks. No, no. Or for some reason, Bond is not. Women are very attracted to him, but sharks are not. The Golden Grotto shark was just uh, written into the script so that he'd find the plane later. So there's no such thing. Right. But yeah, that's. I think it's a little later on. I think. Yeah. At this point, we're where like Felix and Bond sort of see the the lair, and then Bond goes over to Palmyra. Because he was invited over, so he's going to spend time there. So I think that's where we see the actual skeet shooting and all of that. Yeah, yeah. Happening so that we I talked think about it, earlier. when he goes back to the hotel, though, Paula is missing. So that's what's happened, I think, at this point. So Paula is missing. He decides to go back to Palmyra to find her at this point. Um, that's a little bit before, because he goes to the island and hangs out a while. <laughs> and then um, Largo like sets up a date with him and Domino at the junk canoe. Right. And that's when he's at the junk canoe with Domino, that's yep. where Felix flags him down and says, okay, um, Paul is missing. And then Bond takes off to go back to Palmyra. Yep. And that's where he finds Paula has taken a side night capsule and is dead, unfortunately. Which we see the second bit of sneaky Bond where he's sort of uh, creeping around Palmyra. Because mm-hmm. he had the what the governor turn off the power supply to Palmyra, so he's yes, exactly he sneaking around and, and sort of that was pretty cool. Yeah, but of course, you know, generators were a thing in the '60s. Uh, so, but yeah, so he uh, he's creeping around and he sees Paul is dead after the cyanide capsule. Seems kind of indifferent because he doesn't sort of go up and he may be indifferent, but he did go back for her, right? So I think that does indicate that he was trying to save her. True. Was he there to save her? Was he there for information? I think he was there to save her. I think he was, because when Felix told him Paul is missing, he just ran off. Right. That's kind of nice, because Vesper was a little hard on Bond in Casino Royale and said that Bond sees women as expendable pleasures. 
But clearly, Paula maybe was something more because of that little bippy top she was wearing. Actually, I think it's not the top. I think it's the fact that the she bottom? was a colleague. <laughs> bottom. It was because it was a colleague. It was the exposed midriff. You know what? Watch the same movie. <laughs> Danielle, I think you I think you dismiss it. The side boob and the midriff cannot be underestimated in this movie I as a motivator for Bond to do what he's I doing. I need to get another woman on this podcast. I feel like they would agree with me. I don't know, a good midriff. Right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, have you ever heard of Helena Troy? I have. All right, launched a thousand ships, that's all I'm saying. And it wasn't because of her stellar personality. Mm, I think that says more about men than it does about her though exactly my favorite part of this whole scene where he goes to look for paula is like he goes under the pool and then he finds her in the room down there and then he sneaks back out and there's this like door that swings open yeah yeah, yeah. and he swings yeah. the door open and it slams but it doesn't make any noise magic. because that's the 1960s yeah just magic doors were quiet people. back then Gravity was different. Not on his gun, though, when it fell off the roof. Ah. I figured that Bond probably just had, like, a sound editor with him at all times. <laughs> and he, like, just quiet. <laughs> real-time deleted sound of doors and stuff. But then maybe he was, like, looking for side boob when Bond dropped the gun, maybe. Perhaps. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, holster that shit. And then... Put the safety put on. Put the safety on. Like Again, fun. maybe it's another 60s thing where we did not care about safety Maybe as much. guns didn't have no. What was safety? Got <laughs> our pajamas were made out of lighter fluid. But Bond has this great uh, sort of fight sequence where he fights under the solar blanket. I can only assume that's a solar blanket on Largo's pool, <laughs> where he fights uh, the sharks and the goons. The sharks and the henchmen. He swims through that little tunnel, and there's this really great sequence where it's obviously he's touching the sort of safety glass that you yeah. and the shark. You're like, it was so good up until that moment that he just decided to touch that glass. And for whatever reason, they left it in. You're like, just snip that little three-second <laughs> shot out, and you would totally have me sold. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> but whatever. I, I really did like the fact. It, it, oh, I think it looked legit. Where he's oh, I liked of, it. Yeah, scary. Yeah. Those are real sharks. Yeah, and he seemed to sort of be intermingling. Except for when he's climbing out of the pool. That was a dead shark that they pulled on a rope. Oh, God, really? Well, there's the one that gets harpooned by Felix. There's the one that gets harpooned in the big battle sequence. And then there's this dead shark. It, it's probably all the same dead shark. <laughs> I really hope it is. So Bond is kidnapped by Volpe, but escapes through the Junkanoo celebration, where Volpe is accidentally shot and killed by her own bodyguard. Bond and Felix search for the Vulcan, finding it underwater. Bond tells Domino that Largo killed her brother and asks her for help finding the bombs, giving her the Geiger counter. As she searches for the bomb on the ship, she is caught and tortured by Largo. So when he gets back to the hotel, yeah. he goes into someone else's room? Like, that's just what happens? Yeah. He just walks into someone else's room? I think so. Because that's where Fiona is. No, she's in his room. Is that what oh, it is? I wasn't okay. sure, like, if you She's in his room, yeah. <laughs> she's taking a bath in his Right. And then she goes, I love this line. Ah. The shoes? <laughs> yes. Can you give me something to put on? And he hands in the shoes. But here's the question. Would you do that yourself? <sighs> no. I totally, 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 massively would. <laughs> I think it's like, a, it's just great. It's just the best thing. Like I, like, I would like I, to, this is terrible. I would like to think that I would be that cool, but... 
I probably wouldn't. First of all, she is in a very uncomfortable position. She's laying on her stomach in a bathtub. She's not sitting there luxuriating on her back like most people. She's laying on her stomach in the bathtub and her head's poking out like a gopher. And I'm thinking to myself, you just don't look comfortable. That can't be right. That's porcelain. So I don't know if I'd be so cool as to think like, I thought I thought Danielle went off scene to be like, is that really uncomfortable? Let me go try that. No, she picked no. up the cat. <laughs> what on earth is that? But is that a, that's a real cat. Yeah. What is that cat's name? Trixie. Well, that's nice. It's not a Bond name. No, I got Trixie um, eight, um, 17 years ago. And and the original owners thought he was a girl, uh, so they named him Trixie. And then when I got him, I went to have him spayed, and I knew the vet. And the vet was like, I was able to save you some money. I neutered him. <laughs> and I was like, Trixie's a boy? She's like, you didn't check? I, I, I literally said, I don't know. I respect his privacy. Yeah, no kidding. How do you do that? That's a 17-year-old cat. Uh, he's 18, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, I that's a great cat then. Digressing, but that's just amazing. That's okay. We love talking about our cat. Now, is that the cat that I'm always manipulating? Yes. <laughs> Looks very spry in that picture. Is that an old picture? <laughs> no, that was like, we did that just before the podcast. That that cat's like Dorian Gray then, because it looks really good. Very cute. Back to work. Uh, but yeah, the whole like, do you mind giving me something to put on thing? I, I honestly feel like that would be something I would do every time if I was in that situation. And like, every time I would pull the towel off my hair and be like, I'll take care of this myself. As you should, but. <laughs> he kind of did that too. She, she did, yeah. Oh, she totally did. Yeah. Unless they wound you, up sleeping together and she's got some great lines. You know, that whole, like, you know, first she's being playful, you know, Bone, James Bone. But then even like when it all turns and goes to hell, you know, that whole part about, you know, you think you could just sleep with me once and I'm going to hear choir bells. I mean, that is that was cool. I almost felt like that was sort of a shout back to Goldfinger when he does sleep with Miss Galore and all of a sudden she sort of gives away the whole secret of who she was working for and what's going down and... Yep. Like, it's like she's saying, like, I'm not that easy. Like, that's not going to work on me. I think she has galore on speed dial, I think. I like when Bond comes back with saying that nothing of the nothing about the sex was enjoyable. He was just doing it for, what does he say? For king and country. Queen and country. Come on. You're not Nobody believes that. Queen and country are the name of his balls, by the way. I mean, that was... So in a way, he was right. A very, very interesting perspective, which would make so much more sense. There's also the scene, like, when that all goes down, so they're, like, about to leave, getting ready to go out, and he opens the door, and you've got the two henchmen at the door. Yes. And he slams the door and then realizes, like, okay, she's in on this, like, this was a whole thing, and then opens the door and says, well, you can come in. (laughs) Like, it's his place. They've got guns. They're going to come in anyways. They're going to come in. But he just has a sort of cockiness to him where he just feels like, if I do this, I'm still in charge. Yeah, that makes sense. And then they cut to the parade chase sequence. I I think that was the first time, other than him being attacked by a spider, I think it was the first time where he looked scared. Yeah, that's true. When they're chasing him through the parade. Yeah, he does look vulnerable. I mean, it's some really, really profoundly red blood. And then you've got that dog peeing in the street, which is, I'm so glad they kept that in. That is so bizarre. <laughs> there's a lot of red blood. He leaves a trail, but there's none on his suit. Really? There is a little on the pant leg, but yeah. they only they only show it initially. At the yeah. 
Not yeah. enough to leave it like, you know, a gauze trail. of it on the street. He gets to the bar and he's like nervously sitting there um, thinking he may have gotten away, but he really didn't. Nope. Everyone's surrounding him at that point. And then they start to dance and they have this like really sort of like <laughs> short the, steps. The worst dancing. Jaunty, no rhythmic sort of like let's fake it till we make it sort very of very white privilege type dance very, <laughs> exactly very yeah white like, male dancing there's like no yeah. hips involved or rhythm there's whatsoever. some bouncing no you have way more rhythm right now than he did in that sequence there's a lot oh, that's of right this is a podcast people can't screen, see that though. i was doing the elaine from from seinfeld he's dancing around and somehow times it just right because there's yeah. The music is great, though. It's like... Oh, that's fantastic music. And then the bongo solo is... Uh, yes. I have no appreciation for bong bongo solos outside <laughs> outside of this bongo solo. It was, it was great. So. Now, did you... All right, the guy that fired the gun, the henchman, who has such a look on his face like, oh, shit... I mean, what's going through his head? Is he like, I got to leave the country? I've got to get on a plane right now? Or I've got to beg forgiveness? What's going through his head? I think I got to leave the country because Bond turns Fiona around. She gets shot and then he escapes. So obviously the henchman just like left. He's no screwed. chasing after him. Yeah. Oh, he's totally screwed. He's going to get like probably burned and then electrocuted if he went back to And spectrum. then fed to the shark. Felix and Bond are still looking for the jet. It's getting down to the wire. Like, they need to find it because otherwise Spectre's threatening to blow up a city. And then they find the spot where they think it is. The Golden Grotto Sharks. So they shoot a shark as a distraction. Which, which is always a good process. Because that doesn't attract any other sharks. No, right? Exactly. Oh, just, if you leave them alone, they will... Pro I assume sharks are like bumblebees. I think if you <laughs> leave it alone, it'll leave... Totally. You know. yeah. At this point, Bond is wearing a pair of lilac short shorts. Not that I'm keeping tabs. You but he should. Was. No, he does. But, but you really see them profoundly because after he does his little like Sharknado thing... Um, <laughs> When he comes out of the water by those steps, you see it prominently, like he's haunching and mm -hmm. doing that whole lilac thing. So he dives into the water to try to like ascertain that the jet is down there. And he uh, digs up Domino's brother's sort of accoutrements, his like watch and his dog tags and stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So he finds everything and then comes back up and comes up with a plan. What's the plan? Basically, he's going to tell Domino that her brother's dead and try to get her on their side where they're kind of going to get information from her. But when he finds Domino, they duck behind some coral reef and have some sexy time underwater, uh, which or implies. That's what the bubbles I, imply, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the second time he meets Domino underwater. Yeah, right. So they join the Mile Deep Club, like it's <laughs> the opposite can, of the can, Mile High. I mean, like there's nothing fun with that. I mean, there's just so many logistical and physical and scientific issues. I think that's a little bit far-fetched. Yeah, water really doesn't help. Cold water especially doesn't Oh my help. gosh, yeah. And by the way, just to cement Danielle's opinion about me being negative, um, that bikini that Domino's wearing, holy cow, like the stuff of prebubescent dreams when I was young. <laughs> Is that the one that's like sort of black and white and kind of twisted? It looks like a domino, yeah. 
it's black and white. Everything uh, other than back at Largo's, she is essentially portrayed as a domino. You know. Yes, and, exactly. Now there's no side boob on this one. However, there <laughs> I is mid. You no, know, in your defense, I did notice that suit. It was actually pretty spectacular. Pretty spectacular, right? And I like the fact that she had 1960s curves. She wasn't this little waif or heroin chic. She was like right there. And then my boy Vargas, my gosh, he's just put out of his misery, which is probably good because he's so abused as an employee. I think he didn't even try. He just gave up at that point. He knew he was going to get killed? And he just let it happen. Nice. Yeah. It was a very cool James Bond movement, like, you know, a spear gun, like, dispatching a henchman with a spear gun i can't help but think a spear gun is not the most terribly accurate method of dispatching someone so the fact that he like just turned around even wearing sunglasses i would be like lifting my sunglasses lining it up yeah he's wearing sunglasses he turns around he just in a moment's notice pins him to a tree like well and did it bother you that not only was he wearing pink shorts he was wearing a pink gingham top as well he was. There was a lot of pink going on in that scene. I saw the sunglasses and was like, ah, I like those sunglasses. Those are Curry and Paxton sunglasses. They're still available. I'll make a note. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm like Jay Peterman. They're beautiful <laughs> black schlack lacquer. Just do you. It's fine. <laughs> uh, one thing I did notice is that Bond and Domino, um, they just had their thing underwater. And then he tells her her brother died. And she starts crying a little bit, and her mascara runs. Oh, okay. well, that's a sign of a woman crying in the 60s. Like, if your mascara was going to run when you came out of the water, it would be down to your chin. I suppose, yeah, right. Oh, right. A, it wouldn't be, like, as sexy, like, post-sex scene to have raccoon eyes. Um, I know. I know that's <laughs> the point of it. I'm just saying, speaking in real-world terms, it was yes. running a long time ago. I suppose, yeah, yeah. that's true. You notice sexy bikinis, I notice mascara running. So Bond sets her up with the Geiger counter and asks her to kind of keep an eye on things on the ship and see if she can find any, I guess she's looking for the bombs. Um, at this point, Bond's chest has been visible for about two thirds of the movie. <laughs> wow. I mean, I didn't do the math on it, but there was a lot of it. I was, like, I was just gonna say, statistically speaking, two thirds. But I think he was, Probably carrying a bit more muscle in Thunderball than he was in the last two films. I agree. Yeah, or last, sorry, last three films. So I think somebody came to him and said, listen, if you're cool with this, 75% of the movie, you're going to be in water, but you're also going to be half naked. We need you to spend at least a few weeks, you know, pushing some, some barbells around. Well, and even the promotional pictures, if you look at them, he, he has no shirt on. That's right, yeah. He like fully embraced the bond number four fitness challenge, I think, on this yep. one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then in the later films, he just starts melting like whipped cream in the sun. So just goes back. Pretty much. He's like, I've had my shirt off enough. Fuck these guys. <laughs> screw this. Screw this hair piece in the shirt. I'm out. So he, she, she kind of told him about like a underwater staircase that he could take. Yeah. So he heads out for that to start his mission he's wearing his pink booty shorts and nothing else at that point i'm impressed at how much uh recognition you give to his shorts and shirtlessness wait until you get to my favorite part of the movie okay great <laughs> i like the staircase because uh pete brooker from uh from taylor's with love revisited recently yeah. and sort of uh actually probably would have had to sneak down or swim across because he was actually on the same steps at one point i think that's right yeah you should still go those they're they're at the atlantis 
yeah, it's really impressive that he took the effort to kind of get down there. And he went down there with his lady as well, which is amazing. That she's like, oh, yeah, I'm game. Let's go. Let's go down and figure it out. She's a yeah. good sport. Yeah, definitely credit to both of them for that one. That was impressive. So when he gets to that staircase, he's like doing some sneaky Bond stuff shirtless. Yeah. Like how much confidence do you have to, to have to sort of like sneak around stealthily not wearing a shirt? I don't know. I felt really uncomfortable at that part because it was like if you actually have to like get into something and like get stuff done and you're in booty shorts, <laughs> it would feel really vulnerable. I think part of the problem is that you keep referring them to them as booty shorts. Because it I think shows part of the problem is you're not thinking of them as booty shorts. <laughs> well, he's definitely exposed, but I would imagine that he has a certain amount of training for that. Like there's booty short training instead of boot camp. <laughs> and you know that those, except for the woman, it's who wears a midriff camp. top booty during camp. booty short training. I would love to see a scene from that. All of it's the double O agents and booty in the It's in the 1970s version. With yeah. Matt Simmons. So after that, he he sort of blends in with the divers, uh, with um, I was gonna call them Blofeld's divers, but number two's divers, mm-hmm. Largo's divers, and they sneak onto the onto the disco volante. I can't help but think there's a few moments where they're gonna look at him, being like, "Who the fuck's this guy that's still wearing his mask?" Because he must be on there for I don't know, like at least a while. A, yeah. Like, yeah, it's just weird. They the like guy have and, dinner and dessert, and they're back in the library drinking, and he still has the mask on. <laughs> he's still wearing like, the suit. He's like sweating his ass off. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. Why and is Chuck so- still wearing a mask? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Anytime he like knocks someone out and takes their outfit, how he always spits into what they're wearing. Yes. He's a tall guy. Like, that's not average height. That happens right into quantum. Every so. time. It's true. Yeah. It'd be great one day if, like, they were just slightly more realistic and he got, like, something that was too short. So you look down and you see his ankle sticking out? But I don't understand how, like, Largo didn't really notice him in, until he was underwater. Like, when you're underwater and right. your vision's blurred and there's, yeah. like, sediment and stuff spinning up like that's when largo recognizes them when they're in that like underwater nuclear hiding that's good (laughs) that's perfect writing so he finally finds the nuclear missiles yep he's found out at that point like the the henchmen are well largo notices him and then sends like a henchman after him which attacks him he kind of bests him and tries to get back to the ship but the doors are closed. So he kind of finds his way into a cave at that point and is just hanging out until Felix finds him, thanks to the tracker he swallowed, which at this oh, point is yes. probably like in his duodenum or lower intestine. So I totally forgot, and I was really hoping I would remember. I, so there's just, I, I messaged you directly, David. To you tell did. That I it was tried to cool. erase it, but it wouldn't. He takes the tracker out of the, of the Ziploc bag, like the 60s, the Ziploc, I think, in the 60s. I don't know. I don't think he so. He takes it out, and it looks to me, and we talked about this, that he licks it. But he is actually putting the tracker pill in his mouth. But it looks like he licks it. But the follow-up to this is that his hands are at his waist. So he pops the pill and just sort of puts his hands at his waist. So to me, it looks like he licks the tracker, and sticks it in his ass. I, so, based, right? So, okay, he made me rewatch this scene, and he takes the tracker, puts it in his mouth, makes a face, and swallows, but immediately, like, reaches behind him. He does reach behind so him. So, I know right. what you're saying there. He, but he did, like, put it in his mouth and make a face when he was swallowing. I think in real time, he probably didn't actually 
swallow the pillow for the for the sake of filming he probably just sort of mimed it but if you look carefully and it's a really quick pill pop so he pops it so fast and that's a fairly big pill it really looks like he just kind of dabs it to his tongue and jams it up his cornhole <laughs> like I, I watched it i was like holy shit q was right that like because it was implied that it was the suppository early on he said you swallow it yeah, but he's like, what do it's I like do? It's like a twenty-four hour deal. But he but he sort of says, like, Q when he gives him the pill, he's like, Well, what do I do with it? He's like, Well, you swallow it. And he's like, Now? Like it's sort of this like vanity moment where he's like, Do you want like do I do it right while you're watching? Like it was just sort of so the way the Q scene set it up and then the way I don't know if they accidentally filmed it or intentionally filmed it, it looked like he was like spit lube in it for brown town <laughs> like, i thought for sure i can't help but wonder if this is something that happened to you as an adolescent <laughs> that you're seeing it through a particular filter and you want to emulate bond <laughs> in so many ways i'm not old enough that i've had to spend that much time uh doing rear play at, at the doctor's office uh so i feel like this conversation <laughs> is getting really awkward so we should probably move on to domino yes. getting caught with a geiger counter i think i'm gonna have to record the clip on my phone and then repost it just to see what people think or we can just edit this whole part out so yeah domino's caught with a geiger counter yes yes so she didn't do a really good job of it being sneaky about it it's Especially... a very interesting idea of torture you know Hot and cold applied just right can can make pleasure or can make pain. He but, has a handful of ice cubes. But the fact that he says scientifically, you're like, who's the fucking scientist here? It definitely isn't him. Mendelssohn or something like that. It's like that's like like Nazi stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You, you, I don't think you can be a scientist and have an eye patch. I'm sure it's not a thing. I think she was at that point probably like, oh. That's what you're going to do to me? Bring it on. Like, I'm just going to yeah. pretend that hurts. Cause that's like, not I'm okay. Have you seen my yeah. midriff? I'm okay. <laughs> I can get through this. Yeah. I've got abs. Um, so Bond calls in the troops, or Bond and Felix, I guess, call in the yes. troops. Yeah. Um, they've got the frogmen kind of parachuting into the water at that point. The red suits are the good guys. The black suits are the bad guys. Yep. Italians. It's lasted about seven hours at this point. It's really long. <laughs> It, it is long, but I have to say it's some of the most violent moments in the Bond franchise. I mean, when people are getting shot through the hand and it's going into their chest and stuff oh, yeah. is getting thrust in their eyeballs through the through the goggles and stuff. I'm like, whoa, this is a Bond film. It's kind of like John Wickish. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah. The underwater fight is not going good for the red team until Bond gets there. Yes. They're getting their asses handed to them, and he gets there and single-handedly turns everything around. By removing their masks as he floats by them. That's yeah. a thing, Why by the way. That, that big a deal? It pretty much renders them. Like, I wear contacts, so I would be upset if someone took my mask off, <laughs> no, but you're not. Danielle, tonight, I don't know if you take baths, but tonight, go in a <laughs> bath and go underwater and seriously, just just hold your breath and then open your eyes really quick and just stay under there for like eight minutes. It's horrible. <laughs> You'll see. As soon as I saw the uh, like the propeller-based jetpack, I thought of Boba Fett, uh, which is a, as a fellow Star Wars fan. Sarlacc pit. It even has like the the arrows that or the harpoons that shoot off, which is just like Boba yes. Fett's like jetpack with the rockets, and then he uses them to great effect. Yeah. I was just like, wow, like Bond is Boba Fett, right? 
So the way it was actually telling Vaughn apart from everyone else underwater was the fact that you could see his legs. He was the only oh, one. Okay. It yeah. wasn't the white boy shorts? No, he had the white boy shorts, but it was more He also had a blue uh, mask with a little white button on it, which was cute as a button. What was the button? Uh, it's the little Voight aerator. Oh, okay. comes out, yeah. That fight lasts forever. But it's kind of really like... Long. It has this great... Uh, music sequence to it the score is really great in that moment it, it is as violent as it is it's really whimsical like it, it's a, it's a fun kind of you know and then you see bond sort of coming in and, and not getting involved in any one situation he's kind of just going in and adding his little touch like a evil mary poppins or something <laughs> like he's just sort of like sort of deflating you know progress like i guess right. on the way by yeah, yeah. I, I really like that bit he's sort of comes in sort of works his magic and then moves on to the next scenario. Underwater sequence must have been insane to film. Yeah. Absolutely insane. Even like each individual sequence must have been difficult. Then to have somebody sort of swoop in and add their little touch to it and then move on to something else. It must have just been like editing and sequencing. It must have been an absolute nightmare. It was incredible. I really like it. I, on the other hand, was timing it. <laughs> 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 it was good. It was a really fun scene, like really interesting to watch, but it just lasted a really long it time. It did, yeah. I was pretty okay with it. I was okay with it until they harpooned the shark. That was kind of like... Yeah, they started harpooning sharks at one point. Yeah. At one point, Largo and Bond kind of square off, and in a classic move, Largo pulls Bond's mask off. So Bond's yes. following Largo to the boat and kind of jumps up on a something. I don't know. What? Well, he jumps up on something to, like, go with the boat. Oh, okay. Yep. Like an underwater sea dude, basically? Sure. Sure. Um, so it follows him to the boat. During that time, we see that Domino is actually being freed from a room by some guy. Do we it's know? The, uh, the scientist that was promised all that money. That's going to help get the uh, the nuclear stuff out. He was the kindly it. scientist. Did you miss that part? I did. It just seems like every time we watch one of these films, we miss, like, a, like in From Russia with Love, like... When was it I mentioned did not that, follow that movie at When all. was it mentioned that anybody was Bulgarian? I don't even remember that. So the science guy, I thought he was just like some pervy science dude that was like peeking through Domino's blinds and her. He was like, he was like the prostitute with a heart of gold, but he was a scientist with a heart of gold. Just whoring himself out. He, he let her loose, and I think he had a little soft spot. And and actually, Bond saves him, like tosses him overboard, you know, before the Disco Volante goes uh, kablooey. I sure. had some talking points about that part. Yes, bring it on. <laughs> so Bond gets onto the ship and into the cabin and like a bunch of people are fighting. So he's fighting off like three people at once. And then finally he and Largo are fighting. Uh, Largo gets a hold of a gun. Well, no, I think before you get into the gun, you want to mention the fact that the, the I don't know, the boat man, the boaty manservant shows up <laughs> <laughs> with the service tray and the yeah. ship. Oh, that was the saddest part. <laughs> Some guy with like his branded shirt is walking at like, how oblivious are you if you're carrying up a bottle of champagne? But you understand that the, the ship and everything around it is exploding. It's going, you could see the background. There are rocks and everything everywhere. This guy's still like, hey, Doing I'm sorry, job. it's four o'clock. My job is to bring up the champagne and the toadstool pie. And he's sitting there and like he gets his ass kicked. Why? Yeah. That, he, he was, that's true. And you, in my mind, I was like, he's super oblivious and like just doesn't notice what's going on. But maybe he was just so dedicated to his job. Dedicated to his job, of dedicated. course. 
This is Largo yeah. we're talking about. Does he have like reverse vertigo where he doesn't feel anything because the boat is like going every which way and he's like, no, champagne for the boss every no. day at four. He kept that trade straight up though until he the last He did. Day. And by the way, this guy had like six other jobs before this. Even his parents knew like he was a bit of a fuck up. And <laughs> this was his one job that he was really good at. Even Largo liked him, paid him a compliment that morning. He was on cloud nine and then this shit happens. I feel like that's the way I'm going to go out. <laughs> like tomorrow. <laughs> With any Someone's luck. Someone's going to harpoon you at work. Yeah, I feel like it could happen. <laughs> that's actually, that could actually happen. I could get harpooned at work any day now. Not that big of a stretch. Largo has the gun on Bond and then gets shot from behind. Yes. Play Domino. Surprise. Surprise. Domino shoots Largo, which a few scenes ago, she actually told Bond that he needed to kill Largo because Largo killed her brother. So it's awesome that she actually gets vindication by doing it herself and not having someone else do it for her. That True. was a big deal, especially, I hate to put it like this, in the 60s. Like, let's think about it. Bond did not dispatch the main bad guy. It was, no. the, it was Domino. It was the Bond girl who did it. It's pretty yeah. badass. His track record wasn't quite as bad uh, as it was in Goldfinger, uh, but it, it's good that Domino got to do a bit of the dirty work. It's funny also, Domino, at that point, he's like, who's the guy with you? And she's like, I don't know, but he freed me. I'm like, I'm glad I'm not the only person who doesn't know who this guy is. Yeah, and that's they're, true. They're talking as calmly as we are. Yeah. If you looked in the background and saw <laughs> literally these rocks and everything coming at a thousand miles per hour. Well, it is a thousand miles per hour, legitimately, because of the sped up, the sped up yes. uh, projection sequence. Like, oh my god! I did not like that. That was like, come on. Yeah, like, why was that necessary? I, I do that a lot in the '60s Bond films. Yeah, I think it's probably like one of the effects they can actually do back then, yeah. so they do yes. take advantage of that. Obviously, at that point, the boat is going to crash, and they can't steer it because Largo is like dead over the steering mechanism. <laughs> Which he jammed the mechanism by dying. Dying on it. Yeah. <laughs> That's all he did. In the afterlife, he's still an evil genius. Who would have thought? <laughs> Bond's like, okay, we've got to jump off the boat. Like, we have to abandon the boat, and the the spectacled scientist gentleman who probably has a name is like i can't swim bond basically gives him what do you call that in english life preserver a life preserver and like throws him into the water and then he and domino jump off yeah right so the boat crashes they get a raft drop down to save them fuck that other guy <laughs> where is this other guy why does no one care where he is well i mean he saved her but, but 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 for the majority of his life he's kind of an ass that's true I mean, are you going to save the guy because he had one moment of redemption? I don't even know who he is. <laughs> anyway, they throw him in the water and they just forget about him. Well, I, I figure that uh, Bond probably slipped it in Domino when he had a quick second when the camera wasn't on him. Because really, Bond in a There's boat. what he does in a rescue boat at the end of every movie. Every film. That is true. Yeah. Although in this one, and I'm sure we're going to talk about it, holy cow. That rescue would have ripped them to shreds. Yes. Final columns life? akimbo. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was completely ridiculous. But yeah. it is a real thing, though. It is a real thing. It is a real But thing. not to save people. Well, it's to, it's to pick up supplies and stuff like that. I think it was designed initially <laughs> to save people and then probably. After didn't. seven died, they were like, this isn't working. <laughs> Maybe seven, maybe eight. They're like, let's scale back this. Why are these people missing their heads and spinal columns all the time? <laughs> so that's the end of the movie. Five yeah. hours later. We talk longer than the length of the movie at this point. Well, that's that's because we digressed into midriffs yes, and uh, 
I stayed on booty shorts. full time. You, they were super relevant. You talked about booty shorts an awful lot. I they feel... were really relevant to the plot. Do you want to take five minutes and talk about your favorite part of the movie? Sure. My favorite part of the movie probably was the scene where all the MI6 agents are. Again, it's just, you know, it's in my head. It's just one of yeah. these cool scenes. Okay. And how do you feel that Largo would sort of stack up in the evil villain world? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I would say he's in the top seven. Okay. I like him. I think he's got personality. I think he's a bit of a playboy. He's rocking those <laughs> leather spandex pants. I mean, Largo's got it going. Of Largo? Well, of Largo, what's your favorite part? Well, you all know what my favorite part was. It's what I talked about all the, the most. The is shorts. the fact that Bond saw a pair of shorts and said, I need them in every color. <laughs> I that, that was the best. I think Largo, I mean, if I'm comparing it to the villains that I actually have seen so far, let's say in the Connery world, he wouldn't be my favorite, but he'd probably be like pretty top. I did like um, Goldfinger quite a lot. Largo would be close behind there. I think for me, my, my favorite part is really the see you later irrigator. I just like, <laughs> because it, it follows such a shit bit of writing. See you later. And then he's off. And then like, they just couldn't write. It's all, to me, it's almost like they couldn't write that sequence or that, of that scene where he leaves his physiotherapist or whatever. I feel like they couldn't figure out how to write it. But then they turned it around to see you later uh, irrigator. It's to me, it feels like shit and genius all within like a millisecond. It's just great. <laughs> as far as Largo goes, he more so than Goldfinger is there the whole time. He's there getting his hands dirty. He's there leading the operation. He's there with all of the minions and all the and all the guys from Spectre. He's calling all the shots. He's probably the most hands-on we've seen so far in, yeah. in the Connery. Era. That's true. So and I and I like that. And he's badass and he's got a white gloves and a and an eye patch. I mean, gotta love the eye patch. Well, I guess that's it. This has been another episode of another James Bond podcast. And thank you for joining us. And, well, thank uh, you yeah. for having me. Thanks for putting up with me. I hope I didn't uh, totally destroy any kind of relationship that we were slowly building. Well, gang, I'm gonna let you go. Thanks, everyone. All right, take care. See ya. Good night. Bye, Danielle. Bye. We should stand by your booty butt. (laughs) (laughs) Stand by your booty butt. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a minute to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at Another James Bond Podcast. And you can contact us at anotherjbpod at gmail.com. Yeah, while other men just talk.